0: I think we can all agree that things are more than a little bit different when it comes to small business in the regional and rural space than it is in the big smoke. This is true of a lot of facets of our business, but none more so than how we handle our marketing. And if you've been trying to tackle and tame the social media beast for a while now and feel like you're coming up with nothing, you're not alone. I think a lot of the time we get stuck trying to apply a city metropolitan social media strategy to our regional and rural business. And it just does not fit. The people are different. The way we make decisions are different. Our motivating factors are different. So what I wanted to do in this episode is to set your mind at ease on, yes, it is different. It's okay. You're not crazy. And I wanted to give you my take on how we should look at social media for our regional and rural small business in the context of a broader marketing strategy so you can be consistent and you can measure results without getting hung up and feeling like you have to live and die by every Facebook and Instagram post. You ready? Let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses. And now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being, and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. So guys, safe to say in this episode, we're kicking it old school and I'm back to my headset mic and my phone because my attempt at leveling up my software, and when I say leveling up, I got like a mic from Aldi. Like it wasn't really that much of an investment, so I probably deserved to have it tank on me. So hopefully the audio in this one sounds a lot better than last week. Um, But thanks for hanging in there despite my rubbish attempt at investing in quality gear. In this episode, I'd really love to kind of share with you my thoughts around the role kind of social media plays within the context of our regional and rural businesses because I think we, if you're listening to this now, you're probably at the stage where you've done a bit of research to work with some people and you probably get a sense that things are a bit different out here and what we get told and what we learn from our metropolitan-based businesses Um, and metropolitan based social media managers and influencers and things like that probably doesn't necessarily apply out here and there's definitely a disconnect between metropolitan strategy and regional and rural strategy so to put your mind at ease You're not crazy, I think the exact same thing. And so I wanted to walk you through the three kind of key points I wanted to make and what I would love for you to keep in mind as you continue or start your social media strategy for your regional, rural, small business. And the reason I kind of want to confirm what you may be thinking um, is to really put your mind at ease because I get a lot of small business clients coming to me and asking me for, I need uh, social media marketing. Oh, why is that? Oh, well, I'm not I, – I don't I post much on Facebook and Instagram. And so – or I don't have many followers or I'm not getting many likes. Um, and that, that line of thinking really puts us – puts the focus on the wrong end of the marketing kind of strategy. Sort of like let's look at social media with at what it is for a second. So often when we think about social media and in the context of this conversation – Um, I'm going to be talking mainly about Facebook and Instagram. Because for anyone listening to this who might be from a metropolitan area, TikTok and Snapchat may as well not exist for 90% of us out here. Like, I've still managed to run a fairly successful, you know, one- one person show kind of thing without having to figure out tiktok or snapchat just yet so that may shock and appall a lot of people from the big smoke but i can hear everyone from country areas nodding and going yep not a thing never caught an uber haven't left any like my life is not any less for it so With that in mind, I'd love to sort of – let's just set the scene a bit as far as social media goes. Now, I was listening to a podcast, and I'd love to link to this because this is a really good podcast. I've learned a lot off. Amy Porterfield's um, Marketing Made Easy, and I think someone she was interviewing, gosh, years ago, made a really good point about followers. And what they said was, follower count is almost not irrelevant, but it shouldn't be what we're benchmarking ourselves on because – Say you have 500 followers. If every single one of those followers was a customer and they all turned up tomorrow, could you fit them in your car park? Could your staff viably serve them? Could you serve them? Would they run you out of stock and then suddenly have nothing to sell tomorrow? Like if you had 500 customers come to you tomorrow, would it be a good thing for your business? Would it send you broke? Would it send you crazy? How many, how many cars can you actually fit out the front of your shop? Um, how many calls can you take in a day? So focusing on followers is really kind of a false economy because <clears throat> quite often, like, we'll pick up followers that are never going to be customers. Um, and it's, it's just, it's the wrong thing to be measuring our success on, on social media. Um, and we also can't take followers to the bank. Like, you can't measure the success of your business by your follower count because unless a bank will let you borrow against it, it's probably a bit of an intangible kind of number to take in there so don't focus on your followers so that and that kind of kicks off nicely these other points i want to make now that we understand that okay if it's not about followers what's it about well here's kind of my three key sort of answers to that question so in my experience social media for regional and rural businesses is really there more to substantiate a a referral rather than how you may be discovered initially so what I mean by that is, quite often when someone's looking for, say, a tradie or a service provider or a business, um, we love a good chat in the country, and we'd much rather we would much rather get a referral of someone whom we trust to get referred to someone they trust, rather than kind of going at a cold turkey and picking someone out of you know the proverbial phone book. We would much rather pursue someone off the back of a referral based on someone we trust trusting them. So, what would typically happen, say you're looking for a hairdresser, you would speak to your good friends on the proviso they've got good haircuts and ask them where they went. Then what you would do is you would either maybe Google search them or you would jump onto your platform of choice, Facebook or Instagram, and you would look for the salon. Now, 99.999% of hairdressers will be on Instagram because it's practically built for them. So let's say Instagram. So then you would go to the Instagram profile. You'd see a lot of their before and after shots. You might get a sense of like what they like to work with, what their videos and other content, things like that. So what you're doing there is you're using social media to get a sense of whether these people are right for you based off the initial verbal referral you receive from a trusted person in your life. And then the idea is that if your social media should be set up in such a way that it then encourages them to continue that momentum and engage with your business. So it's like a booking link in a bio, it's calls to action in the Facebook, in the captions, it's, you know, links in the Heitler, the videos and everything saved in highlights. Um, If your social media is set up, it should almost be like passing the ball from verbal referrals through social media onto your website and into your business. So that's for me social but most of the weight social media carries for us in terms of client acquisition. It's typically there to substantiate a referral and then it should be covered in any way possible with links on how they can take action if they feel like that referral was has been substantiated and they're ready to do business with us. So <clears throat> that's what I believe it ultimately does for us where we are, and where we run businesses. But I don't typically believe we'll get we're more likely to be found via social media that way than simply scrolling through the feed and discovering. Um, there may be some instances for your business where that's different. So say for like high volume businesses where you need to make a lot of sales in order to make, for it to make sense, ads and things like that is probably something you're going to want to look at. Think about it more in terms of giving people a preview of what you like to work with, but it's not necessarily carrying all the weight of the conversation. So then that brings us to social media itself and like how do we measure its success? Well, what I'm finding more and more recently is that lurkers are definitely a thing. Like, I don't get heaps of engagement in terms of like shares and comments and likes and saves and all that kind of stuff. No matter how much or how little you're investing in your regional small business marketing and no matter what platforms you're showing up on, a website is a critical part of any successful strategy. Why? Well, on social media, you're competing with notifications, tags, and cat videos, right? If customers are listening to the radio or a podcast, they need something to Google when your ad catches their interest. And if they get a friendly referral or product or service that's just right for them, they need to be able to find out more, make an appointment, jump on your newsletter list, or maybe take advantage of an offer. A website can act as a 24-7 salesperson for your small business. Want to know more? Head over to my website, meredithpage.me, see what I did there, and book a free 20-minute chat so we can talk about what kind of website your regional and rural small business needs. That's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H-P-A-I-G-E dot M for marketing, E for expert. And I'll see you in our 20-minute chat. But what I will have noticed is that, A, quite often I will have people approach me like, you know, the proverbial shops or in the street or something, and they'll kick off a conversation with me as if they've just jumped off the phone with me and we're kind of picking up where they left off. Like it has this very funny kind of, hey, we are just talking about this feel and not like a, hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. And it threw me off guard when I first started noticing it. And I realized it's like, oh, they must have just recently watched a video of me and they kind of feel like they've just been speaking to me recently like that's the feeling it's created in them is that we've just had a conversation um not long ago and they're following up um which is great like if that's how they're responding and taking action off the back of my content that's exactly what we want which is all the more important for you to get your face in your feed get comfortable being in front of the camera so people can see you and hear you it's like being able to have like a scalable conversation with people So that happens, and the other thing that happens is I'll have someone come up to, like, send me an email completely out of the blue saying, oh, you know, I've been watching what you've been doing on Instagram, um, oh, I love it, it sounds right up my alley, can I get a quote for a website or for marketing strategy, and, um, I'll be looking at their name going, I don't, or they might send me a DM, which means I can kind of see, like, their handle, and I'm like, I don't remember you liking or sharing or commenting, like, Ever. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing from you. So what we need to remember is quite often when people are on social media, they're in relaxing mode. They're not really looking to solve a problem, answer a question, ask a question. They're not typically there for that. I think most people probably use social media most of the time, the same way you used to kind of flick through a magazine. It's like mental relaxation. You're kind of just like absorbing stuff, but not really absorbing stuff. So just because they're not taking action on the platform in a measurable way doesn't mean what you're doing doesn't have any measurable or tangible value. It just mightn't be measurable within the app itself. So that's where having a really good overarching strategy can help, which brings me to number three. So, and that is social posts should really be part of like the 20% on top of your strategy, not the core 80%. Like the last thing we want to be doing is being completely reliant on these platforms as the core part of our strategy. And I've got a really good example as to why that is. So I work with a lot of farming clients and something happened a couple of years ago where a lot of them would sell like livestock and meat through Facebook marketplace. And then Facebook took that feature away. And for some of them, it left like a gaping hole in their pipeline that they then had to scramble to fill because they'd become sort of overly dependent on that feature as a way to keep their customers coming in. So then it was like, okay, well, we need to set up an email marketing system so you can take all those customer emails from their orders and still keep in touch with them, still remind them what you do, remind them when it's time to order. Um, We need to make sure that your website's really easily found and really easy to capture contact details. Um, maybe we need to make sure you're on a number of different social media platforms. So, okay, Facebook won't let you do that. Let's hop over Instagram. Let's change our strategy. Um, what other kinds of content can we create? Where can we else can we have you appear to keep you top of mind? Um, so that's where, and like other things have happened, like photographers have been completely reliant on, Instagram as where they store all their photos. And if your account gets hacked and you've got to start again, suddenly all those followers are gone. It's You've got to essentially start from scratch. And if you don't have like a Facebook page that complements it or an email marketing platform where you can go, hey guys, I just had to set up a new account. Here's the link to if you know, follow me again so you can keep tabs on where I'm up to. Here's a reason you can do business with me. If you don't have all this complementary infrastructure in place, you are really setting yourself up for... Again, this gaping hole in your business if something goes wrong. Um, the other thing is too is if we keep focusing on the platform and not the purpose, it, we miss this opportunity for repurposing content. Let me give you an example. So you might have um, a particular story you want to tell. And the more I do this, the more I kind of find myself referring to it as storytelling. So for me, one big thing I like to talk about a lot is how you can use your website as like a marketing pipeline by like attaching all these different apps and tools and strategies to it. So people can really really easily flow from social media through to your website and into your business or your mailing list or your booking form and make that process really smooth and hands off. If I have like a, a, if I have like a spiel or you know, in business, when we get out our soapbox, when we've touched a nerve and it's like, right, here you go, you're going to get my token website rant. If we think about that as a as a story, then it's like, okay, well, what does that look like if that was a podcast episode? Can I use that to create a blog for my website? Because it's got lots of really good keywords in it for like SEO purposes. Can I turn? Can I sort of trim it down a bit and make it a long-form caption on my Instagram or my Facebook? Could I do an Instagram Live about it? Could it be a series of reels? Like suddenly we, we don't think about these things in isolation. It becomes a core message that can be repurposed half a dozen ways. And then it makes it really easy for us to show up on all these different platforms because we're not constantly trying, starting from scratch with what we want to say. The message... For me, it's the website, it's the marketing machine, is very much linked to the products and services I want to sell. And then so what I'm doing is I'm showing up in all these different forms, in all these different ways, but saying something of high value that's linked to a service that I want to sell and that's a service that I really believe in. And we've also got to remember too that um, people respond to different things at different times in different ways. Some people might like to be the one that jumps into your DMs on an impulse and asks for a quote. Someone might be a lurker for six months and then they'll hop on a discovery call with you and they'll jump onto your Calendly link. Um, Someone might send you an email um, out of the blue. Like you just don't quite know when the the, mo- the moment will take them and they'll decide, yep, I've seen and heard enough, I'm ready to get started. So you need to make sure that your pipelines are set up to capture that person and allow them to take action as easily as possible when they reach that moment. And we need to make sure we're giving them that opportunity in a whole bunch of different ways and platforms and mediums, that constant dripping tap effect. Now, I don't profess to be a social media expert. That's a rabbit hole that's gotten much deeper than I care to dive down these days. What I do feel like my area of specialty is, is how to tell the story of your business in a way that's sustainable and consistent and linked to a more overarching strategy. So that is then how we measure the success of social media. It's not how many likes did that post get, it's like, okay. How many people did I sell into this product or service this month based on all the marketing messaging I did around it, educating people, letting people know how it works, what's involved, um, what benefits does it bring? Here's me taking it for a spin. Here's me showing you a video of how it works. Like I've spent this whole month talking in and around this product in all my different platforms in a really sophisticated way. What's that look like as far as sales go? Something else we need to keep in mind too is that marketing is not equal to sales. Like, there's some things you can do with marketing strategy to accelerate the sales process, but for me, marketing is less like sales and more like farming. Like, we're sowing the seeds now that will pay dividends three, six, nine, twelve 12 months down the track. So, if you can put together a 3-month strategy, like if it was for me, I would say, right, I'm only going to talk about websites, and how powerful a marketing tool they can be for three months. Here is all the key points I would like to make around that. Here's maybe some client testimonials, some success stories, a couple of walkthrough videos. All right, I'm going to rinse, repeat, refresh those messages in as many different ways as I can for a three month period. And I'll measure the success of my social media strategy on that at the end of the three-month period and I won't stop until I get to the end of the three months and then I will see what three months' worth of consistent effort has achieved me rather than posting about an Instagram once and wondering why it's got two likes and no one sent me an email for a quote. So I hope this has set your mind at ease a bit about the role I believe social media should play in your regional and rural small business marketing. It is a very useful tool. A lot of good things can happen there but by all means it shouldn't be the be-all and end-all. It should be the 20% on top, a really strong core strategy that shows that you understand your potential customers, you have a you have the ability to articulate why your business is important and why what you do is important and why they should work with you to get the full benefits of your of your skill set and expertise. Thanks guys and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of taking back joy and now over to you is there a topic you'd like me to cover in the next episode take a photo of you enjoying the podcast from wherever you are in the world post it to instagram be sure to tag me at meredithpage.me and let me know what you'd like to cover next thanks guys see you next time